This is BPN Radio, your 24-hour Internet prayer station with Dale Gentry and friends. Calling America to pray. A member of the Breakout Prayer Network. Let's pray, America. It's time now for the Warriors Watch with Pastor Callie Hargraves here on BPN Radio. Second Chronicles 23.6 says, And all the people shall keep the watch of the Lord. Now, here's your host for the Warriors Watch, my friend, Callie Hargraves. Happy Holy Ghost Wednesday. This is Pastor Callie Hargraves at BPN Radio. We're so happy to be here today. I have one of my favorite people, Pastor Frieda White, with me today. And uh, she's going to be talking about a new book that she's just written called A Woman God Can Use. And I have been looking forward to having her. Uh, I've known her for many years. She just uh, She's a real general in the faith, uh, does so much for God's people. They pastor a church in Cleveland, Texas, uh, Liberty uh, Christian Fellowship. Liberty Church now. Li- Liberty Church now, and been there for many years, a, a very powerful, vibrant church. She also does a lot in the community for the disenfranchised, feeds the poor, clothes the poor, really does what Jesus has called us to do. And she is a prolific writer and speaker. She travels and, and preaches to women, all preaches to the body of Christ all across America, but has a real call and a real anointing for women ministries and really um, to undergird and, and really... Um, encourage women to be everything God God has called them to be. So I'm excited about having her today. Uh, we're going to talk about this new book, A Woman God Can Use. And I just want uh, Frida to take her liberty and say whatever she feels to say, build the foundation, um, because I, I believe you're going to love her and her heart as much as I do. Welcome, Freedom. Thank you. I am so excited about being with you today. This is a joy. Long time we have been knowing each other. Yes. And I, you know my family. And yes. I'm so thankful for that. I began this journey in 1977. Wow. Long time ago. 40 years ago. And in 78, I wrote the precursor to this book. And it was a little yellow book, 80-something pages, called A Woman Called to Preach, Oh Dear Me. (laughs) And I outlined women from the Bible that God had used. And then I went to the New Testament and addressed all the issues that religion would say, well, you better sit down and shut up. Right. And uh, women be silent in the church. And so it really uh, concerned me because I sensed the call of God on my life to minister. Right. And yet in the church that I grew up, that was not kosher unless you were on the foreign mission field or unless you were involved in a home missions or Sunday school or Sunday school or a women's ministry and take care of the babies. And so, but to stand before the congregation to have a word from heaven was unheard of. Yeah. And so my husband encouraged me to research the subject and to see what God had to say. And so that was the beginning in 1978 of the original book. So years came and went, and I sold over 10,000 copies of it. Wow, that's amazing. But um, I haven't really done much with it through the years because it's an old book. And about a year and a half ago, our daughter, Paige, who uh, is on staff at our church in Cleveland, and Paige has been um, a real blessing to us all the days of our life. She um, got her undergrad and and, um, 
graduated from Oral Roberts University and then went on and got her master's degree there yeah. uh, in business with a nonprofit emphasis. Right. And then she moved back home. Wow. And so when she moved back home, she said, Mama had no idea you were building this nonprofit because this humanitarian ministry that I have outside of the church, because it's not a part of the church. She said, here I am writing my paper on it and you're doing it. Wow. And um, so she works with me in it, too. And that's a that's a huge blessing. blessing to me. But about a year and a half ago, she said, Mom, I need you to update that book. Because one day she'll be the lead pastor of our church. And there's a certain uh, segment of our society today that still believe a woman should sit in the back corner and be quiet and watch the children. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. But if you're called to preach, you're called to preach. Well, but God is the one that does the calling, not man. And so one of the things the Lord really began to minister to me was go back to the beginning. Wow. And so... I, I'll obey that little nudge from the Holy Spirit, and, and which is what we better be doing every single right, day. Every right. single day, listen for his still, small voice to speak. Yes. And so in Genesis, because for me, I'm a stickler for the word. Yes. Show it to me in the word, and then I'll be good. So in Genesis, the very first chapter, verse 28, it says, And God blessed them. Now, he didn't say just male, bless him. It says, God blessed them. God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it and rule. And he began to name all these things that they were to rule over. And then as you begin to look at that, I, I began to think about that. And so I wanted to go back into the original languages. I want to be able to, to know exactly what is it we're to rule over. Well, it's to take charge of, to have dominion, to subdue. So he's talking to male and female and female, because in Genesis, I believe it's the fifth chapter, um, verse two, where he blessed them and he named them both Adam. He didn't, you know, we think Adam and Eve, but that wasn't God's words. The Lord said, I've called them Adam. Why? Because they had the same nature, the same attitude, the same thought process. Right. They had the same anointing. They were one. They were one. And that's God's original design for a husband and wife. Now, it's a sorry mess that we've made out of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but God's plan was for us to walk as one. And so they both had authority. They both had dominion. And so when the serpent came... She had that power in her voice to speak to her adversary and tell him to go and he would have left. But she didn't. No. And so the curse came on woman. And part of the curse was sin, sickness, destruction. But it was also that a woman would have a man rule over her. Yeah, that's the curse. That's the curse. Thank God we have a redeemer. Thank God we have someone that came alongside and said, I'm going to redeem you from the curse curse of the law. And I love the passion translation. Oh, it is wonderful. This is what it says in, in Genesis 3, 27 from the passion translation. If you feel, um, Oh, my goodness. I should have had my glasses on. Don't you love it when you're an old woman? Oh, yeah. I I can't do it without my glasses. It says it's faith that immersed you into Jesus, the anointed God. And now you are covered 
and you're clothed with his anointing. I love that. Covered And and clothed with his anointing. And you're now no longer under what our former place was, Jew or Gentile, Jew or non-Jew, rich or poor, male or Or female. female. Yes. Yes, because we're all one through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and there is no distinction between us. No distinction. And, you know, Dr. Simmons that did all the work on the Passion Translation, and it's not, the whole Bible's not done yet. A dear friend of mine pastors a church in London, England, and when I was uh, writing this book, I was in communication with him, and he said, Frida, get busy and get the Passion Translation on some of these verses. You need to get that insight. I said, okay, I will do it. And so... As I looked at that, he understands the original languages and he was able to quickly put things into perspective for us. And so that's what we need in our life. We need someone that understands the Aramaic, that understands the Hebrew or the Greek and can say, this is literally what it's talking about. So there's no distinction. Jesus paid the price once and for all for us to be redeemed. And so starting in Genesis and going all the way through the scripture, we begin to see where God began to anoint holy men and women to do with his Holy Spirit yes. to do a particular thing in the earth today. Yes. And that's what it's all about. It's not about me feeling good at a certain time. It's about us being obedient right. to that heavenly call that he's put upon right. us. And there is, and there's no, there's no male or female distinction in heaven. No. And we are to bring heaven to earth. Absolutely. We are called to build his kingdom. So to me, that, that is another, um, proof that God just wants us to be obedient to him. He is not, he does not care about my, you know, what my gender is. Absolutely. He cares about my heart and my obedience to what he's called me to do. And whether that is too, like you said, it doesn't matter whether it's the pulpit or it's, the Sunday school room or it's the marketplace or it's a a sphere of secular ministry. Maybe I'm to go into a certain secular sphere, whatever it is, we're all called to minister. That's right. But there is no distinction. And I'm so happy that you've written this book and really shown us a pathway that we can follow. Um, And you know, the interesting thing to me is I began to trail it through the Bible. That's so good. I have, most people know me as an Old Testament Bible teacher. And I have asked the Lord to give me prophetic insight into these women so that they become my friends now. Yes. <laughs> you know, I can't wait to get to heaven to talk to some of them. I'm sure. I really want to hear the whole story. I right. know you didn't tell the whole story wasn't all written. But the first woman that God used was Sarah. Yes. And, you know, she had a better idea. Yeah. A lot of times we do, don't we? We think we do. And so we as women get ourselves in trouble with the words out of our mouth. Instead of ruling, taking charge, having dominion, subduing our situation, we well, let's just help God out. Well, she helped him out all right. She told her husband to go to bed with another woman. Ladies, that is never a good idea. No, it's not. That is never a good idea to tell your honey, go ahead and sleep with that, honey. Because the moment... He took Hagar to his bed and into his arms. Right. There was a soul tie established between them. And when she gave birth to that child, it was hell on earth. Yes, it was. And it still is. And still is. It has not changed all these centuries later because one woman 
did not use the authority that was resident in her voice to make a difference. Wow. And so as it progressed, it came about that God gave her that promised child. Yes. And, of course, she's having to face the ridicule by the other wife and the taunting of the older stepbrother. And so she tells Abraham, get rid of the woman. Well, he didn't want to get rid of her. I mean, he had an attachment to her. Right. He He had a a soul tie to her. And he loved this son of his for 13 years. That was his only heir. Yeah. But you know what the Lord said? You listen. You hearken unto the words that Sarah has spoken. Wow. So even though she was under the old covenant and Jesus hadn't come and he, she hadn't been redeemed from the curse, when her words aligned with the will of the Father, God Almighty intervened and he said, Abraham, get rid of the woman. Isn't that amazing? Can you imagine the pain it must have been for him? You know, oh, absolutely. You know, because you're right. That was his only heir for so long. That's right. But he had enough spiritual insight. Yes. To listen to the voice of the Lord. Yes. And he cut her loose. Wow. And Sarah is one of the women that's listed in the Hebrews Hall of Fame. Wow. There's only two. But she's the first one. And I believe it's because God is, he had a covenant made with both of them. Both of them had their names changed by God. Right. And that's that's awesome in the things of the Lord when he would do that. And I kind of go into more detail about that in the book. But it's it's so powerful that that she was able to tap in to what the will of the Father was in this situation. Better than he was. Better than he was able to do because of his involvement with her. Right. I mean, she's on the outside looking in, kind of the way I look at it. And so as a result, she took charge in her home and she said, my son cannot be heir with Ishmael. Isaac is the heir. And so as a result, I began to think about how many times in our homes have we allowed the enemy to come in, but we have not. We had the power. Now, if you've been saved and filled with the Holy Spirit and you you understand what God's word says, you have the power within you to speak to the powers of darkness and they will desist and they will leave. But you're going to have to open your mouth and speak and speak. Right. That's called prayer. Wow. 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 What an amazing revelation. And I love that what you said about that God changed both their names. Yes, he did. And yes, he did. In that instance, in particular, she was the one hearing the voice of the Lord. He wasn't. That's right. He was too emotionally tied to that woman. That's right. And that son, which was, you know, which is, you know, it's right. I mean, I, I understand why he was. Absolutely. Who but, wouldn't understand? Yeah. But, but that doesn't make it but right. That doesn't make it right. But she was able to hear the voice of the Lord. And then he obeyed what God said. So as I was redoing and putting this book together, I began to pray. And I said, Lord, I want an example of a woman in history that had to go through the same thing. And how did she respond? Wow. And the Lord reminded me of Polly Willigsworth. Now, most people, um, well, not most people, but some people would know about Smith Wigglesworth. Sure. He was a mighty man of faith and, and um, was able to speak the word and, and had mighty, outstanding miracles. People raised from the dead, traveled all over the world. But most people do not realize that the force behind him was his wife. 
Wow. And she was a powerful preacher. And, you know, there was times in her life that she had to, to deal with uh, impossible situations. There was one time that she was out and it was a little late and she was coming home and, and Smith was in a backslidden condition. He wasn't serving God the way he should. The scheme that the enemy had for him because he grew up very poor. When he was six years old, he was digging turnips to help make a living. That's wow. a hard life for a little boy. Yes. And so the scheme that the enemy set for him was to give him wealth. So he was a plumber by trade and he was busy and business boomed and he had more business than he could deal with. So his church attendance began to slack mm -hmm. off. Uh, he wasn't as zealous for God as he should be. But Polly stood her course. She just kept being faithful in services, serving God, going on with God. So she comes home late one night and he said, um, you're my wife and I'm not going to have you coming at this light. She's not, he said, I'm the master of this house. And she just laughed and she said, you're my husband, but Jesus is my master. Wow. Well, he put her out the door, put her outside and locked the door. Oh boy. Talk about a mighty man of faith and valor. He just <laughs> threw his wife out the back door and locked her out. He forgot to lock the front door. So she came in. So she just walked around the house and came in the front door laughing at him. <laughs> now, her prayers prevailed, and he was completely restored and delivered from the scheme of the enemy. Wow. So when you look at women that God could use, he's going to use any woman that will take charge and rule her own spirit. She didn't have to have someone else to tell her what to do. She just began to seek God and cry out to God. And he gave her away. And she realized that Smith was caught. Her husband was caught in the snare of the enemy. Yeah. And it was her responsibility to pray. To pray. When um, I first married Bob years ago, we'll be married 46 years in August. That's wow, a long that's time a long to live time. with somebody. And when I first married him, he was not a Christian. And shortly afterwards, um, he became a Christian. We were both filled with the Holy Spirit. That's what caused him to get saved was when I got filled with the Holy Ghost. Because wow. I preached to him. I had the preacher talk to him. I put tracks in his suitcase. <laughs> I mean, I did everything you can imagine to get that man saved to no avail. But when I started speaking in the Spirit and speaking in other tongues, it got his attention. And his thought was, either this woman is crazy and I'm going to have to have her committed or God is real. Wow. And if he's real, there's a heaven and there's a hell. And the way I'm acting, I'm probably not going to go to heaven. <laughs> so he asked me, he said, now tell me again, how is it that you get saved? And I told him. And it wasn't long till he accepted the Lord, got filled with the Holy Spirit, and then felt like he was called to preach. Wow. So I'm to blame for all this stuff wow, that's going that on. Amazing. But at any rate, um, he wasn't what I wanted him to be. And my Bible of choice in that day was the Amplified Bible. And I took the book of Proverbs, and everywhere it said, my son, I scratched through it and I put Bob. And I prayed the book of Proverbs over my husband for over a year. Wow. The Amplified Version. It took me 45 minutes every morning to pray for my husband. But I am convinced, had I not been diligent and disciplined enough to listen to what the Spirit of the Lord was That's leading me to do Frida. and then do it, he would not be where he is today. 
And so there's times in our life where things happen and we think, well, there's nothing I can do. We should never let that come out of our mouth. No, there's always something we can do. Absolutely, there's something that we can do. And we do not need to ever let the enemy come in and intimidate us and tell us, well, you're just a woman. Yes, I am a woman. And God created me to make a difference in this world. And I'm going to do it with the help of the Lord. That's so awesome. Absolutely. And so it doesn't matter what throw, what kind of curveball the Lord uh, sees that we're going through. He has already made provision. Yes, he has. And so as wise women, we take charge of our life and we refuse to allow things to happen. Sarah realized that Ishmael would thwart the plans of God. Yes. And she was willing to speak up and God Almighty heard her words and said, she's right. She aligned her voice with heaven. Yes, she did. And there's something about that alignment. When we do that, when we touch a place in heaven where God alone has orchestrated this to come to pass, no devil in hell is going to stand. And I believe we're his secret agents. Yes. Because who would expect this dumpy little woman to come in and be able to make a difference? But God. Yes. But God. He loves to use those insignificant vessels that no one would even have anything to do with. You know, it's really just about, uh, I preached a message uh, a few months, a few weeks ago. And I talked about, you know, that we, we know obvious snares of the enemy. Yes. You know, obvious sins and snares of the enemy. We can talk about that all day. You know, we know that if someone commits adultery or fornication or they lie or they steal or, you know, they, you know, all these things that we know that are adultery. Yes. Obvious snares of the enemy. But most of the time we're snared because we chose good over God. Our good instead of the best. Yes. The yes. thing that he has for the us. The thing that he has for us. And I said that, you know, obedient uh, for, for Esau. Sin was a bowl of beans. That's right. Was a was a literally bowl of beans. That's we right. We think a bowl of beans, that's not sin. It was for him. It was for him. Because of the choices he made. And I'm in a place now in my life where I just want to live my life according to his will. Yes. And I want, you know, and it's a lot of times people can say, okay, well, I'll go to the Bible and that's great. We should go to the Bible or I'll pray and I'm going to listen to what the Holy Spirit says. But also there are people in your life that God uses as doorstops. Yes. When you can't always see your pastors, your mentors, and if they tell you everything you want to hear all the time, you probably need to get a new mentor. Because you need somebody that's going to tell you the truth according to God's word. So it's been amazing how I, you know, how the Lord has taken me through this process of he doesn't want me to just do what looks good or what feels good. Or it may not be called sin, but if it's not God's plan for me, it is sin. Yes. It is not his best plan. So we're going to take a few minutes and we're going to have a song and then we're going to come back and talk more about this book. And Miss Frida, I'm so excited about what God is doing through this book and through her. And it's going to ultimately, we're going to give you an opportunity to purchase this book before this program's over. Shaking off the dust as we arise Awake, awake, our generation cries Salvation song will ring throughout 
time, take courage. Take I'm so enjoying today's program with Pastor Frida White and this book that she's written, A Woman God Can Use. Um, I just believe this is, we're in a season and in an era in the body of Christ where God is raising up women that have been in obscurity like never before. That's right. And uh, I also feel in my own heart that there's such power in, I know I have seen the power in prayer. I, I went through a real traumatic situation with my son. For about two years, and um, he, you know, he got hooked on drugs, and he is. Um, he, this was a boy at seventeen years old that had a, a, a million dollar business for him, yeah. Yeah. and he just got hooked on drugs and just went down a real bad path. And I was so upset. You talk about using your words, yes, and and that's what we talked about this first this first segment. I was very much like Sarah. I used my words for for destruction. And then God arrested me and I began to use my words for life. Yes. But I would be so upset at him because my, my nature is to be somewhat of a fighter anyway. <laughs> you know, I, I can't imagine that. <laughs> my, I cannot imagine that. <laughs> my nature is to kind of come at, not to back down. And so I would like tell him, what are you doing? You're making terrible choices. You're ruining your life. And I'd, I'd go pray faith, Frida. Yes. And then, and I, and I could tell everybody else how to do it. But with my own son, I was not ruling my spirit. And one day I walked out of my house and I heard the Lord say, how long are you going to curse your son? Yes. And I just began to bawl. And he said, Callie, you're praying in faith. But then when you get with him, you curse him. You tell him everything he's doing wrong. You're speaking death over him. Literally, Frida, I had to send my son away to his dad for a while just so I could take care of me. Okay. And then I began to speak life over him before it ever manifested in the natural. And now he's been sober almost two years. He's rebuilding his life. Him and his wife are doing fantastic. He started his business back again. And it was because I was like, just like Sarah. Yes. I lined my words with God's will and began to declare and quit cursing what was important to me. Yes. And uh, you, we have to make that. That is a conscious decision. Talk to me about well, another woman in the I Bible. Will, let me just get one little tidbit about Sarah. You know, that's why she's in the Bible. Mm-hmm. You know, these women are not recorded in the scripture just to fill up space. They Absolutely. each one have godly character traits. If we are wise enough to discern them, that we can grab a hold of them and apply them to our life. Wow. Now, the next a group that we I'd like to talk about is a group of five women. Okay. And these women, uh, uh, their names, uh, I can't pronounce them, and, and they would be cringing in heaven if I tried. But they're known as the Daughters of Zelophehad. And this was during a time period when Moses was around. And so their dad died, and he had no sons. So in ancient Israel... The property was passed down to the sons. So as they had no sons, the property would then be given to his brothers. Wow. And give, and so they were going to be left out of the picture. And so these five girls somehow summoned up some godly character traits. And they stood before Moses and Eliezer, the priest. And they, this is what they said in Numbers, the 26th chapter. Our father died in the wilderness. And he was not a rebel. He was not among Korah and his followers. 
and he had no sons. Why should the name of our father disappear just because he had no sons? Give us property. Now, when you stop and think about it, well, what's the big deal? Well, in the Muslim world today, a woman cannot inherit property. Wow. So in the Western world and where we live, I mean, we're from Texas, so we sure. would definitely fight for what's ours. Sure. But everybody doesn't have that privilege, especially if they're not in the United States. So here were girls in ancient Israel that said, our dad died. He wasn't a rebel. And the fact that they brought it up tells me they weren't rebels either. Yes. They knew, they understood authority. They understood authority, so they understand how to make a righteous appeal and go before authority and present their case. And that's what we should learn how to do. We have a higher authority. Man's last does not have the last word. Our no, God has the last that's word. Awesome, Frida. So these girls went before the Lord, and so Moses brought their case before the Lord, and the Lord told them. The claim of the daughters of Zelophad is legitimate. You must, you must give them a grant of land along with their father's relatives. Assign them the property, property that would have been given to them. That's in Numbers 27. So as I looked at that, I began to think about that. And I said, okay, God, they were able to change law, Israeli law, because they operated with the right spirit and they ruled their situation with, with the power mouth. of their words. Wow. That's right. Wow. So I began to think about that. And, you know, I thought about Job. Now, Job in ancient days, when he died, his father, it says in Job 42, their father treated them equally with their brothers and provided the same inheritance. Wow. So here's two instances where contrary to the custom, contrary to Israeli law, two women or two groups of women, as it were, wow. rose up and inherited something precious. And so then I began to think about, well, who in history could that be like? What anointing would be similar? And I thought it's Rosa Parks. Wow. Wow. Rosa Parks was a woman that was born. She was a God-fearing woman. She loved God. She was already going into her middle age. She was in, starting to be 40 plus, maybe 41, 42. And one day she sensed, I've had enough. Yeah. And the moment she determined to keep her seat on her bus, she walked into her destiny. Yes. That moment that she said, enough it's is enough. enough. Is enough, and I'm not putting up with the injustice anymore. I'm not giving up my seat. And God was waiting for somebody that had the moral courage to say, This is not what's going to happen. I'm looking for a woman. It wasn't a man. Yeah. The civil rights movement had been looking for somebody to be a spokesperson, but everybody else had. Uh, had a bad baggage, if yeah. you will. Agendas too. Had hidden agendas. Yes. They had they had plans that were not ulterior plans, right, if right. you will. Rosa Not her. She just wrecked she was a God fearing woman. Yes, she, she loved was. God. She was faithful to her God. She was faithful in church. She was a leader in her church. And she said, Enough's enough. Yeah. No more injustice. No more injustice. And she got thrown in jail for it. That's what happens to us sometimes. I mean, you make a stand for God and what happens? But you know, at the end of the day, her decision caused the United States laws to be changed. Wow. Wow. wow so wow. here's the daughters of Zelophehad. They made a righteous appeal before Moses. And, and God said, the daughters spoke correctly. They're going to get an inheritance. 
So Israeli law was changed. And then a, a young woman in the South named Rosa hold, held her ground, sat on her seat, and refused to give it up for this white man that was... <laughs> yes, I'm so proud of her. I was so proud of her, too. I can't wait to meet her when I get to heaven, among a whole bunch more. Amen. <laughs> I've got a whole trail. Lord, I can't wait to meet all my sisters. Amen. You see, God has a plan for us. So her faith, it was written of her, that her faith was always a source of strength and solace, and it sustained her. Now, wouldn't we want that to be written about us? Yes, yes. That our faith in God is what helps us through the darkest days of our life. When all hell breaks out and the enemy thinks he's got us down for the last count, we rise up in the anointing because we've heard our God and we've spent time in his word and we know what his will is. And we said, that's what I'm going to do. You know, the thing I love about this is the women went to Moses and they pleaded their case and they talked about their lineage. Their dad was not a rebel. That's right. And what they were saying, like you said, is we're not a rebel either. That's right. But we also believe that there's a law higher than this law. Yes. And that's God's law. And we're asking you to, to talk to the Lord. And I love it that Moses, God's God said, they're right. They're right. They deserve their property. And Moses was not afraid to go against a cultural law yes. to obey God's higher law. Yes. So here's two men. So Abraham, when he heard from God, he obeyed. When Moses heard very clearly what the will of the Lord was, he obeyed. And, you know, that's the whole sum of our walk with God is that we hear from him and we obey and we him. just obey. You know, that old hymn we used to sing, trust and obey. There's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. And obey. But obedience has almost become a lost art. I mean, we don't want to obey. And we live in a culture where everyone does whatever's right. In their own eyes. Like, in their own eyes, just like they did in the book of Judges. And, and they just did crazy stuff. And I'm thinking, what's wrong with this picture? If we're going to make a difference in this world, we've got to submit our plans to the Lord. Let him order our steps and then he'll take care of the rest. Yes, he will. Yes, so he will. Rosa was an um, amazing woman. Um, she ended up leaving the South and moving up North to Detroit. And I think it's probably because there was so much persecution and, and she was invited to preach, speak in churches. Wow. But the men were jealous of her and they didn't think it was right that she would speak. Are you kidding? No, I'm serious. And so as a result of that, I began to meditate on that. You know, the enemy hates women. The Lord promised us in Genesis, he said there will be enmity, which is extreme hatred. That's what that word enmity means. Extreme hatred between Satan and woman. And so he uses tools to stop us in our track. And one of his most effective is jealousy. Wow. So he gets people, they're jealous of our position. They're jealous of our anointing. They're jealous of the call. They're jealous of our talents or our giftings. They're not jealous of the price we paid to get to where we no, are today. No, no, no. So these men in the church, when she comes in to speak, they're upset about it. Now, why are they upset? They weren't the ones that kept their seat on the bus. They weren't the ones that were thrown in jail and falsely accused. But they were jealous of her position. And so I began to think about that. You see, there's a dear price that we pay for the anointing. Yes, there is. 
The anointing is precious. The anointing is costly and it's borrowed. It's not our anointing. It's, mm-hmm. his. it's his. And if we'll keep that thought inside us all the time, we won't get puffed up and arrogant. Yes. We won't become prideful about, well, look what I've done and look where I've been. And, and I spoke here. Or I did that. No, it's his anointing. It's his anointing. And so God anointed Rosa. I think he looked throughout the land to find somebody that he could use, that he could, that would trust. Be, that he could trust, that would obey him and keep the right attitude and, and, and spirit about her. Wow. And so at the end of her day, it said that presidents and statesmen began to seek her company. Even wow. Nelson Mandela, when he came to the United States in 1990, he wanted to meet her. He wanted to meet Rosa. Isn't that amazing? Yes. So that's the difference. Here's a woman that was nobody ever heard of. But God had, and he anointed her to be the catalyst to change law in the United States. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? So the precedent, I believe, was set with the daughters of the Aliphod. The same anointing they had rest upon Rosa. She fought for her rights. Yes, she did. Her God-given rights. And they were all women that God could use at a particular time in history for his purpose. Wow. When you begin to study, and when you begin to study this, and this is many years back, back in the 70s, uh, and you begin to get this revelation, where was the church at that point with this revelation? Absent. Uh, Completely. I I would assume we're way way farther down the road now than we were back then. I would hope so. Yes. And and we still have prejudice in the church against women. Yes, we do. You know. Oh, most definitely we do. When I first started ministering in the late 70s, it was unheard of. In the 80s, it was, there just weren't very many around. I can remember going to a, a, a Women's Aglow conference. Right. And I was the workshop speaker in Iverna Tompkins, which was an old, lots older than me back then. She's probably ancient of days now. She's still around. I love you, Iverna, if you ever listen to this. But anyway, um, she was the main speaker and she walked up to me and she said, this is unheard of that you wrote this talking about my little original book. Wow. And she said, do you realize you're forging into an area that nobody wants to talk about? And she said, I have been fighting this for years. Wow. Now her brother was Judson Cornwall who wrote all the books on praise, but she said she had fought many battles because she had gone through a divorce. Right. And she was a woman minister and the, she had many people try to put baggage on her. Right. But God called her. God anointed her. Sure. Wasn't man's appointment. It was God's. God's, God's anointing. Well, you know, if you wanted to throw out people that had baggage that God used, you'd have to rip out most of the Bible. That's exactly right. That's <laughs> because, exactly I mean, right. we've got a lot of characters in the Bible. Yes, and I used the word character in a yes. very Texas form. Yes. That were characters, <laughs> but God used them. Yes, he And did. they repented, and God made things, and, he, and their calling never changed. That's right. You know? Um, well, the gifts and callings are without repentance. They and are. so if we mess up, it's to our own lack. Yeah. And, and we mess up. And God knows I have messed up in my life. But, you know, you you can't run from the call of God in your life. And, no. you know, we, we laugh around here. Todd and, uh, Pastor Todd and Cindy, you know, they got saved really young and they've 
been married forever and you know they're just such an amazing example but they're youngsters to mine <laughs> they're, they're an amazing example i haven't quite been such i mean i i was the one that was the the rebel child so we call my myself the user-friendly preacher here but at the end of the day the gifts and callings are without yes, repentance and right. and god now here's the thing you don't want to just keep screwing up <laughs> We're supposed to learn from our mistakes, from our mistakes, and go yes. forward and not continue to make yeah. them. But um, you know, thank well, the God. reason that I wrote this book was to give women a resource of the price that so many women in Scripture and in history paid for us to come to the place today to do what we can do right and we shouldn't be just throwing it around to the wind and saying oh well i'm free i can do thus and so no there was a dear price paid yeah that freedom brings a huge responsibility yes it does and you know you start studying revivals uh through our history and you find that women as a whole played a much bigger role when it was there there is something innately in us that we are called to birth things into the earth that's right that's and to right. take nothing by That's the, right. and birth something into the earth. That's right. And when you start studying revivals, you find that, and of course, there's people that's written about it, but a lot of things are written about the men, and the men did great things. That's right. But a lot of the the movements that we have today were started by women. That's right. That would get into a region and pray. That's right. Until God would move. Yes. And I, I've heard other women say, yeah, and then once it got big, the men took it over. <laughs> But and that's okay too. But at the end of the day, that's right. We're called to birth. We're yes, called we to birth, and we're to bring it to fruition. Yes. And so that's where we need the wisdom of God, because we can't do it on our own. No, we. Can't. And that's where we have to tap into the anointing and say, "Okay, God, I don't have sense enough to come in out of the rain. You're going to have to show me right what right. I need to do today to fulfill your purpose for me and for the area that you have placed placed me." Yeah, it's not about our gender, whether male or female. It's about our obedience to the Holy Spirit. And God is raising up a a group of men and women, I believe, in in these last days that are willing to lay their lives down. Yes. We're going back to a holiness movement like ever before. And I'm talking about sanctified holiness, holiness of heart. That's right. Holiness of heart that literally translates into every part of our life. And I believe that we're going to see women and men alike uh, be willing to lay down our lives for the gospel. It's not going to be just some, you know, I'm so sick of people trying to be famous. We oh, need to be yeah. significant. Yes. We need to be obedient. Yes. Uh, our goal should never be to be famous in the That's body right. of Christ. It That's should right. be to be significant to be what God now, if, if fame is a part of it, great, but that should never be our goal. We're going to, um, Take a few minutes and have another song, and then we're going to come back and pray for you.
Well, I have so enjoyed it. We're going to have several weeks uh, with Pastor Frida talking about her book, but I wanted to uh, her to give you some insight on where to find her preaching and her book and everything that she's got going on. Thank you. Well, we pastor for 33 years. We've been in Cleveland. Yes. And I've roamed the world, but Bob's been real faithful to stay home and, and pastor. <laughs> and so um, you can reach us on our website, which is lccleveland.com. Okay. Uh, very, very simple. And then um, if you're interested, um, you can go on my website, which is Frida, F-R-I-E-D-A, FridaWhiteMinistries.com.org. And um, you'll find information of where I'll be and and the books. Okay. And uh, they'll be available on Amazon as well. Okay. So um, we're trying to make it real simple, real easy. Um, And if you want to follow my blog, you can do that as well. So God gives us the ability to communicate, and I'm so thankful for every day that I have. Isn't that awesome? I'm so thankful that I have another day to live and to to serve him. And so if you're out there listening today, I want to encourage you. It's not over till he says it's over. Right, Right, right. So whatever he has put in your heart, if you still have breath, then you'd best be about listening to the father and finding out what he wants you to do. Right. And then say, yes, sir. And do it. Yes. And he'll take what you have that's little and he'll make much out of it. If you'll tap into the anointing, keep your heart right. And just do the right thing. Well, I'll tell you, um, I want you to go on Amazon and I want you to get this book, A Woman God Can Use. We're going to talk about this for four or five weeks um, in a row because I really believe that this is a season that God is raising up women. And I just want to pray for every woman and man listening today that... Uh, uh, he's no respecter of persons. He doesn't care what side of the tracks you raise, you're raised up on. Yes. He doesn't care about the color of your skin. Yes. He doesn't care about the social economic status. He doesn't even care about your education. What he cares about is our obedience to his voice. And yes. I just declare that we are going to be obedient to the voice of God. And whatever God says we can do, because he is the highest authority on the earth and the world, his authority trumps man's authority and just like the women today where they went to god they went to the uh, to moses and god said they're right god's authority trumps any anybody on the earth and i just declare in jesus name that we're going to be obedient to the lord we're going to be we're going to be women of integrity we're going to be men of integrity and we're going to be women of our word men of our word women that follow the holy spirit and do the beckoning of the Holy Spirit, men that follow the Holy Spirit. I just thank you, Lord, for Frida. I thank you for what her and Bob are doing across the world. I thank you for what they're doing in Cleveland, and I thank you for this book. We'll see you next week. A woman God can use. Be blessed and have a great day. For the past hour, you've been listening to The Warrior's Watch with Pastor Callie Hargraves as your host. For more information concerning this program, go to bpnradio.com.